You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and I'm also the leader for Adult Explore the Bible. Today, I'm joined by Ken Brady. Ken is the director of Sunday School at LifeWay. Ken, thank you for being with us today. Dwayne, happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. We're going to be looking at session seven for the winter 2020-2021 study of Luke. And session seven, we'll be looking at Luke chapter six, verses 27 through 38. Uh, The big idea here is that Jesus calls his followers to love others. Uh, In verses 27 through 31, we find that Jesus called for his disciples to demonstrate love to all people, including those who hate and mistreat them. His his followers were to treat others the way they wanted to be treated. We've entitled this particular section of the passage, Love All, and the main point is that believers are to treat all people with dignity and respect, including the unborn. In verses 32 through 36, we then find Jesus asking a series of rhetorical questions to emphasize that the love demonstrated by his followers should be love with pure motives, not expecting anything in return. We've entitled this particular section, verses 32 through 36, with a pure heart. And the main point is that believers are to love all people with pure intentions. Verses 37 through 38, we find Jesus emphasizing that his followers were to live as children of God, demonstrating his character. They were to demonstrate mercy, just as God demonstrated mercy to them. We've entitled this particular section, verses 37 and 38, and with mercy. And the main point here is that believers are to exhibit God's character in the world. But if you look at the the title of each one of the the sections of the outline, what you have is to love all with a pure heart and with mercy. So they kind of bring together the whole idea here, which is Jesus expects his followers to show compassion and mercy to others. Now, Ken, this is our Sanctity of Human Life lesson. Uh, It's usually uh, for Sanctity of Human Life, we talk about abortion, but this lesson here, it does deal with that issue, does deal with abortion, uh, but it goes beyond that. So let's think some, let's explore some here about the depth of the Sanctity of Human Life uh, beyond the issue of just an abortion. Well, when we do that, Dwayne, you know, it really broadens the uh, the field of play, uh, so we don't have to narrow in on just one aspect of the sanctity of human life, uh, which you know, in January this lesson typically uh, has a focus on abortion. But I think that the idea of uh, of respecting life, seeing all life, all people uh, as created uh, by God, worthy of dignity, worthy of respect, uh, I think is obviously a much broader topic than just the abortion uh, topic. And, and abortion is, is definitely, uh, you know, prevalent in the culture and is something that we need to be uh, proactively speaking about uh, and having conversations with people, but not to the detriment of, of the bigger topic, you know, of the sanctity of human life. And, you know, when I think of uh, the sanctity of human life and think about, uh, you know, where, where the abortion conversations typically uh, go, I have to remind myself that uh, Christ died for the people that are on the other side of the abortion issue from the position that I might hold as a believer in Christ. And that uh, just as he died for me, 
uh, he died for those people. They're just deceived and they don't have the worldview that you and I would have a biblical worldview, but those are valuable people in Christ's sight. And uh, those are people that he loves dearly. I mean, love them enough like he loved you and me enough to lay down his life. And, and, and those are people that need to be reached uh, with the gospel. I also think that uh, we need to remind ourselves, Dwayne, that, you know, the, 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 uh, especially with regard to abortion, you know, we're, we're not warring against people necessarily. We're, the scripture tells us clearly, Paul does, you know, we war not against uh, flesh and blood, uh, but there is a bigger spiritual battle taking place. And you can see in our culture, the devaluing of, of people. Uh, and that's the, that's the devil's work. You know, this is not something that God uh, would be a, a position he would be proud for uh, his children to take, you know, that we would want to see people, uh, all people, uh, as valuable. So whether or not that person's got a disability or a different skin color or they're unborn uh, or they're just uh, different uh, from uh, socioeconomically or otherwise educationally, uh, those are still people that have, I mean, tremendous value so much that, you know, Christ laid down his life for them just like he did us. And so absolutely, I think that uh, this lesson uh, goes much beyond just the abortion conversation. And really, is it a, a very meaningful time in our country, to be honest, yeah. uh, as, as our country is a, a place of unrest right now? Yeah, I wrote down a note to myself here just for my own edification, because it came to my mind when you were visiting or talking there, Ken, uh, that sometimes when we label people, we do so with the intent of it giving us the right to treat them as something less than human. Right, um, and so this this particular lesson really focuses in on that fact of viewing even those who we label an enemy as still being human and worthy of some type of compassion, worthy of our prayers, worthy of our concern, worthy of us showing mercy to them as a fellow a human, fellow person who Christ died for, which is yeah. what, you, what you said. Well, and it also it also allows us to emulate you know the mercy and the compassion. Uh, that Christ has already demonstrated to us, uh, we get to demonstrate that to others. In, in that way, you know, we mimic uh, our Heavenly Father, you know, here on earth, and hopefully uh, they see him through us and through our actions, and it opens a door of conversation uh, for a gospel conversation and maybe a heart conversion, and then all of a sudden, you know, we've got a new brother or sister in Christ. Uh, here's a question for us along those same lines, Ken. How do we help the people in our group find the balance between demonstrating mercy while also holding up God's standards? I think uh, to answer that question, and I'm going to approach this, you know, as, as uh, my, my perch as a, a group leader. I've been a group leader in the last two churches where I've, Tammy and I have been members. And uh and so I, I would say the first thing I would want to make sure I'm doing as a group leader, uh, Dwayne, would be to set an example of balance that my people, if they, if they see me uh, pulling an Archie bunker, you know, there's a, there's one, you know, for the blast from the past. I don't want to give them permission to pull an Archie bunker, you know, simply because, you know, I've turned into a hothead on, on this issue and, uh, and, and anyway, you know, give them license to, act like their teacher. I want to make sure that uh, that as I approach passages in scripture that address uh, sanctity of human life issues, uh, that I, I find the balance and that as we as a group live together and study together and do life together, uh, that my conversations with them outside the classroom reflect uh, 
the same uh, careful thoughts and words that I would speak and say inside the classroom. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I wonder how many people went and Googled Archie Bunker all of a sudden. (laughs) Well, hopefully most folks know who he is. Uh, I think also it's good, uh, Dwayne, to remind people from time to time that uh, when we are talking about these issues of the value of people, uh, different skin colors, different education backgrounds, uh, different economic levels, those kinds of things. Or, or different, uh, different states or different regions, you know, even. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, treating men and women, you know, with equal respect and dignity, all those things. I think it's good for us to remind our people that we lead uh, to demonstrate mercy and, and to remind them that uh, we don't need to be aggressive. Uh, we just need to speak up. And to speak the truth in love, that'd be my third thing here would be, as you said, you know, how do we hold up God's standards? Well, there's no reason for us to, you know, cower down in front of a culture that does not agree with our biblical worldview. But I I don't think that gives us the right to go out there and to be overly aggressive and to pick fights with people and try to win the war that way. I do think the scripture tells us, you know, we speak the truth in love. And I think that's one of the ways that we can help our group find balance is to speak up when, when there is a reason for us to speak up, but to do it with the view of I'm doing this to, to rescue this other person that has been deceived by Satan and has a different understanding and, and view of people than what is presented in the scripture. And so I think some of those things, setting that example of balance, reminding our people to demonstrate mercy, and speaking the truth in love are ways that group leaders can quite easily lead from their position of leadership. Yeah, I've, I've watched my wife uh, working with children, how some people will scream at a child and that child will just get louder. And it, before oh, yeah. you know it, they're both shouting. Yeah. Um, but if you want to really get their attention, you just stop, look them in the eye, calmly tell them what needs to be done. And then they all of a sudden are compliant because you stopped long enough to at least say it in a kind way. Yeah. Um, here's what I believe and just be done with it uh, in a, in a simple loving way may go more distance than seeing it, how, how much louder you can say it than somebody else. Exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, let me ask one more question here, Ken. Uh, how can believers represent Christ well without losing our witness? I think a few things here, Dwayne. I think first, we need to be better listeners and really try to understand the other person's viewpoint. Uh, we will not agree you know, with the worldview that devalues people. Uh, we won't uh, agree uh, with a worldview that uh, devalues the unborn uh, or devalues men or women or uh, any other issue uh, that would fall under sanctity of human life. Uh, but but that doesn't mean that we can't try to understand why the other person has that viewpoint. And I think to be polite and to be interested to the point of trying to understand, you know, their argument so that we can engage in a conversation with them, share scripture, share reason, you know, just logic, uh, I think is a good thing. So I think it would start, uh, you know, how, how could we represent Christ? I think we could be kind and compassionate, slow to anger, and quick to listen. And so that'd be one thing uh, that I would say. And then number two, uh, this is a hard one, I think, for a lot of believers, and myself included, but we have to somehow not have a 
judgmental attitude toward people and uh, and and not have a holier than thou approach because I've seen that and it shuts people down on the other side. Yeah. Uh, if you take that approach, uh, you've lost your your opportunity to have a conversation and perhaps influence that person uh, into more of a kingdom view of the value of, of people. Yeah. I also think something you mentioned just a minute ago, I almost jumped in and I, I held, I bit my tongue, but you mentioned in that last uh, question uh, about, you know, not over speaking and shouting above the other person. And that's third on my list right here is that uh, we need to remember the scripture tells us a gentle answer or a general response turns away wrath. And I've got police friends that have told me that in their training, they have, they have been taught that uh, if you've got someone who is being aggressive, uh, one of the worst things you can do is to yell back at them. You know, it just, it escalates everything, but they're taught to be calm and to uh, maintain control of themselves. And in so doing the situation, I think that's pretty good reason, uh, pretty good example for us as believers uh, when we engage with people that have a very different worldview is there's no reason for us to engage and get aggressive uh, and to be antagonistic and to feel like we've got to win the argument and we've got to win the day. Uh, I think we can speak softly, but speak again, you know, with truth. And then I think the last thing I would say is how can we represent Christ and not lose our witness? Dwayne, I'm convinced that we, we may not be winning the war in social media. And sometimes uh, I've seen believers get very aggressive in social media with people that have a different viewpoint. And, uh, and that I don't think serves uh, the purpose uh, of Christ very well because uh, we come across as uh, condemning and uh, unwilling to listen. And we come across as judgmental and then people look at us and think, well, if that's the end result of what it means to be a believer, I don't think I want that. And we don't want to present that. And so I think we've got to be very careful now in social media where it's so easy to get into heated conversations with people. And because you're not sitting there face to face, you'll say things that you would never say to somebody face to face. So how do we you know, maintain a witness? I think we have to be very careful and kind, you know, in social media, as we explain why we believe what we believe and what the scripture says about the value of all people. Yeah, our tendency in social media is to respond right then and there. And we, it might be best to type a response, put it over to the side, sleep on it, and then respond the next morning. Uh, yeah. When you've really thought about what you need to say. Uh, I Absolutely. do think verse 37 in this passage really speaks to what you've been talking about. Uh, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. In the parallel, verse 38, give and it will be given to you. So many times I think we think of that passage, give, in the sense of a material thing, but it may not be uh, so much material. Maybe we don't receive mercy because we're not giving mercy to other people. We're not mm. getting compassion because we're not being compassionate to other people. And so right. that give idea may be much more um inclusive than just just a product or a, an item. One thing I would point out here, you've got in this passage, uh, 27 through 38, you've got a series of commands, a bunch of commands. The Bible skill calls on us to make a list of all the actions that Jesus commanded. One thing we might do during our Bible study group time is just list those as we go from section to section and just keep a running list of, of the commands then at the end, as your conclusion, then do the Bible skill. 
where then you have folks review the corollary texts that are noted in the Bible skill from Matthew and Mark. Notice that these are from the other two gospels uh, 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 that are synoptic uh, and have the group then compare those passages from Matthew and Mark. And, and that'll help you bring that all together uh, where they can look for similar commands and how they gain insight from that comparison uh, and see that list that's here in Luke 6 as well, uh, helping us get a clear, maybe a little bit clearer bit, uh, view of the commands that are in this passage. Ken, you have any other insights or things you would share with our listeners today? You know, one of the things that I, I was struck by, uh, the commentary underneath verse 30, uh, the author wrote these words, uh, refusing to retaliate against wrong reflects the nature of God and his patience with those who have wronged him. You know, I think a lot of times we feel like we've got to go out and fix everything right now and we've got to, you know, right the wrong and we, you know, we need to do battle. And, and I think that there are times, Dwayne, that there, the Christians need to step up and need to be uh, proactive, but we don't need to run around uh, being, you know, ov overly aggressive and judgmental and stirring the pot. And I think that we need to remember we're playing the long game here, you know, that, that we, we're in a culture war, you know, we're in a battle for the, for the Bible and, uh, you know, we're on the side of right, not wrong, those, those kinds of things. And, and we need to remember that the, the people that we may tend to get angry uh, with who have a different viewpoint than us uh, are people that, that God is, is, trying to draw to himself. You know, we know that the Bible says he desires none perish and he desires all to come to repentance. And so um, you and I have experienced that. He was long suffering toward us and he is being long suffering toward these other people. I would look at folks that would have a different viewpoint of the sanctity of human life as people that are potential brothers and sisters in Christ that he's giving them time to respond to the gospel that it could be something that we say or it might be something that Dwayne that we do as we show grace and mercy and uh and compassion toward uh, folks that are different than us and their thinking uh that there's a, a piece of you know kindness that just breaks through their heart and all of a sudden the gospel message becomes real to them and the holy spirit can convict them of their sin and bring them to repentance. And so I would say, let's, let's look at people on the other side of the sanctity of human life issue, whether it's abortion or any of the other things that we've mentioned that would fall under sanctity of human life and the value and the worth of people. Uh, let's look at the other, the other side uh, that don't have our viewpoint as people that Christ died for and people that are potential brothers and sisters in Christ. God's obviously not sending Christ back just yet, uh, and he is giving the world uh, another day, another year, another month, whatever it may be, uh, to respond to the gospel. And that includes those people that are very different than us. Ken, thank you for being with us today. Thank you out there for listening. Uh, if you have comments or questions, you're welcome to send me an email at dwayne.mccrary at lifeway.com. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E dot M-C-C-R-A-R-Y at lifeway.com. And I'll do my best to answer your question. If I don't know the answer, I promise to find the right person who can answer that question and we'll get that uh, you connected with that person. Join us next week. We'll be looking at session number eight. We'll be looking at Luke chapter four, verses 16 through 30. 
and Jesus returning to his hometown of Nazareth and him being rejected by his hometown. Church.